The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Parental discretion advised. The following program may contain ideas, information, and other content which may cause you to think and behave rationally. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take a moment to welcome members of our armed services who are joining us on the Internet today. Thank you for being with us again and for your service to our country. I also want to welcome new listeners from California's Silicon Valley. We're glad you can be with us today. My guest this hour is political reporter, commentator, and author, Ms. Eleanor Clift. In just a moment, she'll be here to talk about the controversy over drone technology and where sequestration is headed. But before she joins us, let me tell you a little bit about Clift's background. Eleanor Clift was born in Brooklyn, New York, to immigrant German parents who operated a deli in Sunnyside. She attended Hofstra University and Hunter College. Clift's career began when she accepted a position as a secretary for Newsweek's National Affairs editor in New York. And from here, she rose through the ranks to become a reporter for Newsweek. Cliff has provided coverage for presidential elections and was widely praised for her in-depth coverage of the Carter and Clinton campaigns and subsequent time in the White House. Cliff worked for the Los Angeles Times for a short stint before returning to Newsweek and joining the McLaughlin Group as a regular panelist. Today, you can find her weekly column, Capital Letter, on the Newsweek and Daily Beast, where she offers us an insider's perspective of Washington politics. In addition to being a popular commentator and journalist, Cliff has authored several books, including her most recent bestseller, Selecting a President. I want to make sure I add that Ms. Cliff serves on the Advisory Council of the International Women's Media Foundation, the Board of the Center for Politics and Journalism, and the Board of Governors of the National Hospital. Foundation. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report a pioneer in broadcasting who has never been shy about calling it like she sees it, Miss Eleanor Clift. Welcome to the program, Miss Clift. Glad to be with you. I've really been looking forward to our conversation today because there's so much theater going on in Washington right now. So, right. <laughs> so let's open the program with drones and then work our way to sequestration. Uh, now, recently there was a big brouhaha about the fact that you said that drones were a blessing because they're more accurate and there would be fewer civilian casualties. So maybe you could start by telling our audience what all that fuss was about. Well, first I want to correct a few things in your in your setup. Uh, Newsweek merged with the Daily Beast, mm-hmm. and so Newsweek is no longer available in a print edition, uh, but it is online, and uh, and the Daily Beast is a separate website. And um, 
Um, my column appears on the Daily Beast website. I work for the Daily Beast, Newsweek and the Daily Beast. There's a lot of changes in the in the media that have uh, uh, have uh, taken place. Lots of consolidation. And I have my own website, which is eleanorcliff.com. Eleanor but um, anyway, so... I will have to go back to our researchers and, and ask them oh, where they got great. all that information. But thank you for taking a moment to correct us. I'm a Fox News analyst <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not that. Well, I seem to see you everywhere, so I'm, I'm not surprised that they get confused. <laughs> I, I, I see you, and particularly when you make a uh, an exciting comment, it seems like everybody gets inflamed in their quoting you everywhere. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to this drone comment. Well, what was that all about? Drones are a, um, they're a tool and uh, they uh, can be used in modern warfare and are being used and will be used in modern warfare as opposed to putting boots on the ground and sending, you know, thousands of young men and women into harm's way. So in that sense, they are, they are a blessing. And that, in that context, is when I said that. And they also have, um, uh, th through the use of drone attacks, the this administration has pretty much decimated uh, most of the, you know, the high command of, of Al Qaeda. So they've been very useful. They are a new tool of warfare. Right now, we have the U.S. has a monopoly on them, but it will will not be long before other countries develop the technology. And I do think we do need to develop some rules of the road going forward. And I applaud um, the recent uh, uh, suggestion that um, the drone program in the, that's been operated by the CIA will be moved uh, to the Defense Department where it will be you know, more uh, available for scrutiny and oversight. So... What do you think got everybody all riled up? I, I mean, I didn't find your comment to be particularly offensive. I didn't in know any anybody way. was riled up until until you said it. To be honest, well, sure, it's all over no, the I internet. Think the, our, our, well, every I think the uh, the well the drone all over the internet. So uh, lots of things are all over the internet. Conspiracy theories are all over the internet as well. Well, sure, um, but but they they seem to at, excuse me if I could finish. Yeah. Um, if you look at uh, the way drones are regarded by uh, the American people, I think their uh, their 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 use so, so far is uh, you know is is a pretty um, approved thing, especially when it's instead of uh, putting our our troops into harm's way. Um, I think there's been some you know blowback certainly in um, Pakistan, although I think the leadership in Pakistan is basically given us the green light to do this and and there's some politics involved there but um you know it's it's a it's a, it's a, a tool of war and um when it's used um appropriately and with oversight um it it saves us from getting into the kinds of wars that we did most recently certainly in in iraq and afghanistan i think those kinds of large scale wars where we put you know many people in harm's way so while you're out pointing out that it can be a very effective tool, we have Rand Paul standing for 13 hours on the floor demanding protection for American citizens from drones. Now, I'm still trying to figure out what that was about because we don't have any laws that say government can't use nuclear missiles on citizens or rocket launchers or machine guns, do we? I mean, it, it seemed really odd to call that weapon that we're worried about. Um, uh, I think Rand Paul uh, did an appropriate thing by uh, actually doing a filibuster and by drawing attention to the issue. But if you listen to some of the things he said, they were way over the top. And I, I agree with um, 
Senator McCain and and Lindsey Graham on that one that uh, you know he said some things that were really uh, inflammatory and uh, kind of gives ammunition to people who think you know the, our government is really coming after them. It's the same people who think the Second Amendment is designed to to help us uh, protect ourselves from the government as opposed to have a militia that will put down insurrection. So there's, you know, anyway. Well, well, you make a good point because the only reason I could see that he would use inflammatory language is that we now have the gun control issue on the table and people are worried about their Second Amendment rights being under attack. And this seemed to be even more fear-mongering, like don't eat, it's not just your Second Amendment rights, drones may be coming for you. Well, that's right, exactly. And uh, uh, Rand Paul is a... Uh, libertarian and um, I think he's going to run for president and he's got a following some of which he inherits from his father but he also is you know, he's speaking to uh, a segment of the country and they're, they, they certainly deserve to have a voice but I think he is um, you use the word fear mongering I think that is what he's doing Mm-hmm. And and you mentioned that you felt that he might be trying to stir up a revolt against the U.S. government. I don't, I don't, it's probably not that extreme, but he does seem to be, uh, you know, I don't know, stoking the flames of paranoia. Yeah, I don't think he's got that much power, but nonetheless, there are, you know, if you start reading about on the Internet about all these groups that are out there. Yeah. Um, he is, yeah. He's 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 uh, you know throwing fuel on the fire. I guess we could put it that way. Yeah. Well, you and I certainly agree on that. Uh, we have to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to find out just how far this sequestration issue is going to go. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. This Legal Minute is brought to you by Nolan, Hammerley, Etienne, and Haas. Experienced attorneys providing professional legal services to the Central Coast for 85 years. Hello, this is attorney Stephen Wagner with your Legal Minute. Have you ever said to yourself there ought to be a law for that? Well, often there is. For instance, when it comes to liability for what an employee says or does. When you hire a person, are you responsible or liable for everything they do while they're on the job? Picture this scenario. Assume that the employee, while delivering pizza, negligently runs a red light and collides with another car, injuring all occupants. Well, you might be thinking that the employee is at fault, and of course you would be correct. After all, the employee was driving, right? But the employee was likely driving for the benefit of the employer, and it is this factor that may make the employer liable. The action would center on what is commonly known as course and scope analysis. If the injured party can show that at the time of the collision, the employee was engaged in conduct that benefited the employer, the employer may be liable. 
of course this is a fact-sensitive inquiry, and there may be facts to support that the employee took a detour or did something not reasonably contemplated by the company. And that very issue is often a point of contention. So, like most everything in life, the facts control the outcome. Is there a moral to this story? Yes. Employers should engage in prudent hiring practices, background checks, and ongoing supervision, all as consistent protocol. This is Stephen Wagner, and that's your Legal Minute. Brought to you by Nolan Hammerley, Etienne, and Haas. Selected in 2013 as one of the top law firms in the United States by Martindale Hubble. For many families, going out for Easter brunch is as big a part of the celebration as Easter baskets and the Easter bunny. Join us this Easter at Severino's Bar and Grill and indulge in a stunning array of the freshest foods with our special Easter champagne brunch from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Our chef is preparing a feast complete with scrumptious seafood, a carving station with Angus prime rib and honey glazed ham, traditional eggs benedict, an omelet station, and a grand assortment of Easter favorites. Only $33 for adults, $16 for children 10 and under. Reservations are limited, so call today, 831 888-8987. Severino's Bar and Grill this Easter. Attention hackers. OperationSurf.org needs your support and your foursome. March 25th at Bayonet Black Horse. Bring your foursome to support Operation Surf, a program that exposes wounded active duty military heroes to the healing powers of the ocean through surfing. All proceeds will go towards this week-long event. For more information or to register, go to OperationSurf.org. That is an order. Healing honoring heroes. That is all. Renting quality agriculture equipment from RDO Equipment Company is an excellent way for you to try a new John Deere tractor. Stop in today to take advantage of preseason specials. John Deere 6330 mutters as low as $1,400 per month, and John Deere 7130 MFWD row crop tractors as low as $1,600. Hurry in to save big. This offer ends April 1st, 2013. Did you know that rental charges can be applied to the purchase of your tractor? Stop in to your local RDO Equipment Company store in Salinas or Watsonville for more information. Limited supply available. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place, and then they act so surprised when I find them, but I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Eleanor Clift. And before the break, we were talking about how drone technology is an extremely efficient and effective modern tool of warfare. Uh, before we get to sequestration, I do want to point out that Mr. Paul did get a response, as I understand it, from Eric Holder that made it clear that a president cannot use a drone to kill a non-combatant American on U.S. soil. Um, so in your view, does that pretty much put that to rest? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean that that that's a statement of what to me would be the obvious. Um, but um, and I think Rand Paul has has backed off. I think he's just glad he got paid attention to. And you know, I think the administration is taking seriously um, the uh, complaints from other members of the Congress that they haven't been forthcoming enough uh, about what the program is about. And I, again, John Brennan, who moving from this uh, CIA uh, uh, to 
um, he, I'm trying to think, he, he's just been confirmed. And uh, I see he, he wants to bring the program out more into sunlight. And so he's, he's the architect of it. So I'd kind of follow what he does as to the direction this administration is going. But, you know, the drones uh, technology began in the, in the Bush administration. And I think this president has, has used it. Uh, more than Bush did because it came late in the Bush in the Bush uh, eight years, uh, but again I think um, you know it's done some some effective things and it has also unfortunately there have been some civilian deaths although not nearly as many civilian deaths as you get in in what we consider normal warfare so you know. Pick your poison. War isn't pretty. Yeah, yeah, of course. You're, you're always going to have civilian casualties, but anything yeah. that minimizes it is a good thing, in in my view. Uh, right. so, so moving on to sequestration, it looks like we uh, may have had another ninth inning save, or maybe it's more like a stay of execution, I'm not sure, but uh, which might prevent the Pentagon from furloughing 800,000 workers and other government agencies from cl- completely closing down. What's your view of this $1 trillion measure they just passed? Well, um, this is to keep the government open, and so they've uh, avoided a government shutdown, which you know neither neither side wanted. I think the Republicans realized that they uh, it would it would hurt them, and so they um, compromised a bit, and uh, so we've managed to avoid it. And they've written in some flexibility uh, for the Pentagon and other agencies to distribute the cuts, although the cuts still have to happen. What interests me is there was an amendment um, to uh, f- uh, close off the option of, of um, discontinuing the White House tours, uh-huh. and that was voted down. I'm not sure who, which, which party voted it down, because a lot of Republicans are saying the White House is just grandstanding. Actually, it's a Secret Service decision, and if you bring those tours in, uh, you have to have extra manpower. Everybody has to be checked, and... Um, it takes a lot of people, and so rather than furlough uh, personnel and uh, cut back in other ways, they discontinued the tours. And so, you know, Republicans think the president is grandstanding, but and I think the president gets blamed for it because it looks like all these poor school kids come for spring break and they can't go to the White House. I don't think anybody gets helped by it, but it is one of the realities of of the sequester, and there are a lot more painful realities around the country. Um, front page story today about um, you know the, the, how it affects cuts on 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 Indian reservations because uh, they really rely on government funding, and they, much of that gets cut back. And the the air ta- air traffic towers in rural communities they're being shut down. So the, the pain is out there, but it's generally being felt by people who don't have much of a voice in government. And so I think the sequester cuts appear uh, that they're going to be here to stay, at least until um, the fall when new budget numbers get negotiated. Yeah, with the country finally pulling out of a long and really difficult recession, isn't putting a bunch of people out of work at one time and putting government spending on hold just going to put us right back in the hole again? Well, that that was the argument that um, the president and the Democrats were making, that this is exactly the wrong way to cut spending and at the wrong time. But it didn't 
appear to move any votes on on Capitol Hill. And because the sequester is kind of a rolling thing, it, you don't feel it all at one point. It uh, looks as though the economy is going to digest these cuts. And I think when we see the you know the next numbers come out about jobs and, and growth rate, it may take a a nick out of both of those numbers, just at a time when the economy was beginning to go on the on the upswing. So it's it's not good, but I think it was the president who said it's not Armageddon, and so um, it I, looks like we're going to live with that um, never never land between um, you know not good and Armageddon. Well, not not long ago, I had Grover Norquist on, and I, I was talking to him about the fact that we don't put we don't connect two dots together very well. I don't know why, as citizens, we don't understand that the United States government is the largest consumer in the nation. They buy more vehicles and copier paper and computers than any other entity. So when you suddenly cut their buying power, uh, you know what do you think that's going to do to a fragile recovery? I, I mean, you well, know, it's it going to affect everybody across the board. Yeah. Well, in, in anticipation of the sequester and also other cuts that the Pentagon has had to put in place, uh, we saw the slowdown in the growth rate in the last, uh, you know, the last quarter of last year. Right. It, uh, it actually fell to, you know, negative growth or, or close to negative growth. And so that was a bit of a wake-up call. Um, and yeah, I mean, we are dependent on a lot of the things that government does and, and you have a, you know, a political party and a segment of a political party that is really anti-government. And so they're, they want to cut back government no, no matter what. And they don't seem to distinguish between, you know, programs that are, that are essential <laughs> and, um, uh, they, they seem to not like any of the programs except, I remember when the Tea Party first emerged, that wonderful classic sign, you know, keep keep government's hands off my Medicare. Uh, so, you know, I, I think people don't really realize how much they get from government. I mean, the, the fact that we can believe that the water we drink is safe and that the bridges don't fall down and that we can get a library card. I mean, they're just, there are lots, lots of... Um, Things that government uh, does in in our lives that um, that we don't really fully appreciate day by day, and, and I think infrastructure is one of the <laughs> one of the big simmering problems. Now, if you travel to any other country, or particularly China, and you see the scale of their construction, and you see their what their airports are like, and then you come back to this country to JFK or travel on some of our roads and you have to ask yourself which is the developing country and which is the developed country and so um, there's been a lot of pressure for an infrastructure bank on Capitol Hill which people in both parties like and and until recently putting money into infrastructure used to be a bipartisan thing I mean Republicans liked it Democrats liked it uh, but spending on any kind of government these days has become a real obstacle because of the, you know, the austerity wing of the Republican Party. And well, you definitely hit a pet peeve of mine because uh, the roads in California are probably some of the worst in the country right now. We have to take another break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to find out why Republicans feel sequestration will help the party get back on track. You're listening to the Costa Report. and we
we listened. The new and improved paperback edition of The Watchman's Rattle is now available in bookstores everywhere, including airports across the country. If you've been hemming and hawing about not having time to go online or pick up a copy, well, now you don't have any excuses. Find out why government gridlock, terrorism, epidemic obesity, crime on Wall Street, even problems with education and healthcare have an evolutionary basis to them. Because when you do, you'll never look at our problems the same way. So pick up the freshly printed paperback edition of The Watchman's Rattle. Don't wait, do it now. Give yourself a real reason to feel optimistic. That's The Watchman's Rattle, available everywhere you are. There's a reason our sales are way up at North Bay Ford here in Santa Cruz. Put simply, we've got the best deals on the best vehicles. Hello, I'm Bobby Robinson. North Bay Ford is your locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and great deals on new cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this, Bobby's Deal of the Week at North Bay Ford. Get the most from every gallon of gas with a North Bay Ford Fuel Saver Service Package for your car or truck. North Bay Ford service technicians will change your oil and all your filters. Check your tires in alignment, examine your brakes, and make certain all of your vehicle systems are optimized to get the most from every gallon of gas. Save money. Call North Bay Ford and make an appointment for a Ford Fuel Saver service package. When you need an economical focus for your college student, a new Explorer for Sunday drives, or a fleet of powerful F-350s for your Berry Ranch, look first to your friends and neighbors at locally owned North Bay Ford. 1999 Soquel Avenue, Santa Cruz, or on the web at northbayford.com so i'm a cat and i just moved in with this new human and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long tap 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 bloop bloop she can't put it down there it is oh and get this she even talks to it last week she asked it for chinese and guess what egg rolls showed up like magic humans have cool toys a person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet be that person adopt Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Chamonix has great and wonderful products, and they wanted me to personally introduce you to their new Provia. Your million-dollar look can't be perfect if you have thinning, weak, and tired hair. Thinning hair could be a result of aging follicles. The new Provia from Chamonix strengthens your hair follicles to give you stronger, fuller, more vibrant hair like nothing you've tried before, and it works for both men and women. You've suffered with thinning hair for years. Well, now you can enjoy the thousands who are using this scientific breakthrough from Chamonix and see the amazing results for yourself. Provia Serum is all natural with no side effects and it's very easy to use and it's simple. You get compliments everywhere you go or your money back. Call 800-525-6912. Order Provia now and get a free month's supply with your order. Say goodbye to hair in the sink and in the shower and start enjoying fuller, thicker hair the natural way. Order Provia risk-free now and get a free month's supply with an order. Nothing to lose and a whole lot of beautiful hair to gain. Call 800-525-6912. Hello, this is Donald Davidson, the host of the Perspectives Radio Show on Saturday at 12 noon. We have a variety of programs from constitutional rights and issues to controversial alternative health views. We interview well-known authors from many walks of life, attorneys from many fields, and internationally known health doctors. So to hear a different perspective, join me, Donald Davidson, special guests, and regular guest hosts every Saturday at 12 noon for the Perspectives Radio Show right here on KSCO. 
welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is broadcasting pioneer Eleanor Cliff. And before the break, uh, we were talking about the fact that both parties used to, at the very least, be in agreement on infrastructure investments across the United States because our, our bridges and our ports and our roads are in desperate need of repair. But these days, they can't seem to even get together on that. So does either party come out of sequestration looking good? No, I think uh, they both take a hit. I think um, you know, the Republicans seem to get, they, well, they get blamed more than the president, but the president does not free pass. And if you look at his poll ratings, you know, after the uh, re-election and his inaugural speech, he was, you know, up, well up over 50%, and I think he's now, you know, just below 50%. Now, the Republican Congress is in the, almost, what, in the teens, so they're pretty pathetic. But, um you know, the fact that everybody is getting uh, a black eye over this doesn't seem to move the, move, move the equation at all. I mean, they, they, each side is, uh, is pretty uh, dug in. I think, you know, the president is saying he will give on, you know, entitlements if the other side will give on, on revenue, closing some tax uh, loopholes. And the Republicans are saying, well, they gave on revenue in the in the fiscal cliff deal at the first of the year, and they're not going to give any more. So, um, so where does it end up? Well, you know, I still think that uh, the president has made a, a new approach to uh, go around the leadership to find what he calls the common sense caucus and see if he can put together, if you will, a sort of a third column of, of legislators who will then put pressure on the uh, leadership. And in the House, they've said, uh, Speaker Boehner has said, the Senate has to has to start. Um, and I, I think the model he's looking at, if they can come up with something that gets, you know, 70-plus votes in the Senate, that would force the, the House to act. And uh, the Republican House cannot pass anything with a majority of their own people. They need Democrats, and they don't, they, they don't want to pass legislation that has Democratic input. But they've done it on a handful of occasions, the Violence Against Women Act, uh, most recently and most notably, uh, the pressure on the party to, on the Republicans to pass that uh, just got intense enough that they, they did it in the Senate and then the House followed suit with, with a minority of Republicans in the House, but, you know, enough combined with, uh, uh, I think, just about every Democrat, you, you can put together a uh, a winning number. So it can be done, and I think, um, I think they still have some hope in the White House that over the spring and, and summer that the ice may break. We'll see. But you've been there a long time. There used to be these folks that could cross the aisle like Bill Bradley or even Bill Richardson. You know, everybody liked them. Mm-hmm. Um, who are the players now that can really help broker some kind of compromise to keep us moving forward? I mean, who, well, who can you identify can do if that? If you look at the people that uh, that um, the president had dinner with at the Jefferson Hotel that one night, it was a guest list put together by, um, uh, by Lindsey Graham. Uh-huh. And uh, and um, that that he he could he, he's facing reelection in South Carolina and and he's even a little nervous he can get attacked from the right so yeah. that's the problem on the Republican side is that there always seems to be somebody further to the right and so uh, Mitch McConnell the the leader um, he's uh, up for reelection next year he's worried about. Um, 
country music singer, <laughs> Ashley Judd, as a possible Democratic candidate. But I think he's probably more worried that somebody in, in his own party might uh, stage a primary uh, challenge. But the people at the dinner that night, um, it was it was you had uh, Kelly Ayotte. She was the New Hampshire. She was the only only woman I noticed. Uh-huh. Um, Ron Johnson. Um, Bob Corker of Tennessee. I mean, there are people who have at least joined in some of these, you know, bipartisan gangs and that. And there are people who are kind of uncomfortable with the direction of their party. And the Republicans are going through all kinds of soul-searching. Look at the report that came out this week. The Growth and Opportunity Project, I think it's called. Uh-huh where they basically quoted from focus group findings that, you know, the country looks at them as a bunch of stuffy old white men and not in tune with where the the country is. And they recommended that the party rethink its position on immigration uh, reform, which is happening. And that's a a good thing. And they're going to hire uh, people to go out to states and districts around the country and begin to spread the message of, of, of the party. But, you know, this is a rebranding effort. And uh, whether the policies are acceptable or not is, is another question. And the Republican National Committee really doesn't have that much leeway over the party's policies and, and priorities. But I think, you know, they've made a start here in recognizing that um, they're not going to win elections if the, they're viewed as this, uh, you know, fringe, group of um, fringe politicians who don't relate to, you know, the rising American electorate. Yeah, but every time the Republican Party does one of these facelifts, you know, these really cosmetic things, it never works because it it, it just makes, you know, it, it, it turns awkward. You get this, yeah. just your nose picks it up that it's 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 false and it's not sincere and it and you know there's a systemic issue there that has to be worked out. I'm not sure you can put a veneer on it and make it go away. Right, they're they're going to have to duke it out <laughs> over yeah, the next yeah, they are. years until they get their nominee. And uh, one thing they're going to um, try to li- uh, limit is the number of debates. I think. They probably concluded from their perspective that all those debates didn't help. <laughs> it was great entertainment for the rest of us, though. Yeah, uh, it, it I think sure had was. 20 debates, and um, it really forced um, you know Mitt Romney, I think, further to the right than his natural inclinations uh, would have been. And when you move that far over ideologically, it's hard to scramble back. And uh, yeah, not long ago it was suggested to me, and and at first the the idea took me aback was having a uh, a moderate moderator less debate where the two candidates just basically sat at a table and they could discuss anything they wanted and no one moderated, no one gave them questions. Right. I, I think that would be fascinating. Well, when you get down to the to just the two of them, but um, I doubt that the handlers on either side would would allow that although i i i I, you know these people are smart and they've gone through a lot by the time they get the nomination that they shouldn't be afraid of that kind of uh, exchange but you know it's very easy to just let slip one one phrase that doesn't say something as well as you might like and then then it gets hung around your neck and this last campaign we just lurched from one instance of that to another it was the campaign was waged very superficially. It, you're absolutely right. All somebody's got to do is use the wrong word and we're all over. And it's just like this pointing out that the White House tours, you know, have been canceled or are affected. 
Uh, you know, how about police cuts? How about defense cuts? We we tend to just zero in on these sort of uh, superficial things. It, it just annoys the heck out of me. Yeah, well, the media have I've, we have the the uh, tension span of a of a two year old. <laughs> we go from one thing to another, and then we have all this you know the big story, and everybody chases again another child analogy. It's like you know the fifth graders playing soccer. Everybody goes after the ball, and uh, there's very little follow up. And with the media industry undergoing so much uh, change. Uh, you know, the premium is uh, is getting out there first and being the most, um, you know, provocative and what gets you the most hits. And that drives a lot of the, uh, you know, the, me- the media thinking these days. Yeah, and then we get really hysterical about it. And suddenly we're talking about a $200 hammer that, you know, the Defense Department bought. And I'm thinking, really? Is that our biggest problem? Let's stop and think here, you know, well, about how we're using the airwaves. I do remember when the $600 toilet seat, I think, came yeah. out, and, and, and there are some egregious, <laughs> egregious purchases uh, in the Pentagon, and it's part of a mentality where, you know, for most of their history, you know, money was never questioned. Right, and then that that leads to you know this sort of justification of uh, sequestration. You know, gee, if there was a six hundred dollar toilet seat that got discovered, imagine what else is there. Now we we have to take our last break, but uh, stay stay right where you are. Uh, you're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars. Now, I hear that on the last Thursday of every month, the Caraccioli Tasting Room has become the go-to place in Carmel. As a matter of fact, I stopped by last month, and it looked to me like a private party was going on. So tell us about that. Yeah, we've actually pulled together an Authors and Wine event that's going to reoccur on the last Thursday of every month. We're going to be bringing in a local author and have them signing their books, interacting with their customers, all the while enjoying some of our wines and small bites. And they're the last Thursday of every month, 6 to 8 p.m.? Correct. 6 to 8 p.m., the last Thursday of every month in our tasting room right on Dolores between Ocean and 7th in Carmel. It's one of my favorite places to go. Thank you for being with us again, Scott. Thank you, Rebecca. Are you looking for fresh, creative, and healthy ideas to bring to your table? Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. Dole makes it easy to eat the right foods with their wide selection of salad blends and all-natural salad kits. Whether it's Sunday night family dinner or a lunchtime indulgent with your favorite salad ingredients, let your culinary imagination soar with more than 30 varieties of salad blends that range from sweet and subtle to zesty and bold. For the ultimate in fresh convenience, try Dole's all-inclusive salad kits with farm-fresh lettuces, crunchy vegetables, and all-natural Dole specialty dressings and toppings. To learn more about Dole salads and for inspiring recipe ideas, visit dole.com slash salads or like Dole Salad Guide on Facebook. With so many delicious and convenient choices, it's easy to find nutritious inspiration with Dole salads.
Coast Paper and Supply has been family-owned and operated since 1948. They have a wide array of products available, including brand name and eco-friendly cleaning supplies, paper goods, and compostable plates, cups, and cutlery. Whether your needs are for business or home, Coast Paper and Supply's friendly and reliable staff have what you're looking for. They even accommodate special orders. You can find them at 151 Josephine on River Street in Santa Cruz, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 4.30, or call at 831-423-3350. Coast Paper and Supply is a proud member of Think Local First. You heard her on the Saturday special a few weeks ago, and she made your blood boil. Back to fill in for MZ this Saturday, Rebecca Costa, sociobiologist and host of the Costa Report, will be back to do it again. Her guest is the director of the Center for Security Studies at Georgetown University and former colonel in the Army Special Forces, David S. Maxwell. Tensions on the Korean Peninsula uh, remain high, not only with the continued North Korean missile and nuclear tests and provocations, but both the threat of conflict and potential uh, for regime collapse always looms over the peninsula. And if either occur, uh, there will be significant regional and global effects. You'll be taking your calls live on the air. Don't miss Rebecca Costa this Saturday at 10 a.m. on the Saturday special when she'll tackle the subject of whether nations like North Korea and Iran have the right to bear nuclear weapons. Right here on your Never Leave Well Enough Alone radio station, KSCO. Why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Eleanor Clift. And before the break, we were talking about sequestration and the fact that it doesn't seem to be serving either party very well. You know, I I sometimes worry that uh, we tend to put all our differences aside following a tragedy like 9-11. And now we have this growing nuclear threat from North Korea and Iran. Uh, with experts like Dennis Ross claiming that, you know, we're likely to strike Iran's enrichment facilities before the end of the year. In your view, having been there uh, for such a long time and covering our nation's capital for such a long time, is it going to take something like that to really bring us together again? Well, first of all, I think striking those uh, facilities would be uh, really uh, a foolish thing to do because they've got them around the country. They've got them deep in the ground. Uh, It's unlikely that we would, um, most, we would set back their program for a couple of years and we, the country would be up in arms and we would, I think we would invite a lot more uh, blowback. I know it's probably not um, anything that Politically, people want to talk about, but, you know, (laughs) Pakistan has nuclear weapons, India has nuclear weapons, and we lived with that. Um, And uh, North Korea has nuclear capability now, and we're not talking about striking them. So I think we just need to all take a a deep breath, and I I don't sense from um, Netanyahu and the new government in Israel uh, that there's any uh, real the rush that he was uh, and the pressure he was putting on before the election when he thought um, Mitt Romney was going to be the president, that seems to have abated 
uh, somewhat. So I think I'm not going to talk about um, how how that attack might bring us together. If it brought us together, it would be for 10 minutes, and then you'd have all kinds of horrors unleashed, and everybody would be at each other's throats about whether it was a good idea or a bad idea in the first place. Well, General McCaffrey was here not too long ago, and he was saying that there are hundreds of targets we'd have to hit, we'd have to clear airspace, even then we wouldn't get everything. And uh, his view is that uh, Iran would shut down the uh, the Gulf and everybody would be into it. And, and my biggest worry, of course, is if we were to do something like that, is that Iran's been buying arms from North Korea since the 1980s. So we're just making a customer for North Korea. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, yeah. if, if they if they don't make them, if their own programs set back a couple of years, they'll just go buy parts from yeah. somebody else. If, if Iran were the only only thing we had to worry about, because <laughs> when we talk about oh, before the end of the year, it seems like you know, it's an isolated problem. Take care of it. But when you look at it in the bigger tapestry of, of geopolitics. Um, it's it's the least it's the least good option the worst option maybe of a, of a series of bad options not not one that i think this president wants to take so in your view does this president just have to are we entering a, a period where we just have to learn to live with the fact that more and more nations are going to have nuclear capability well, actually, um, there have the, the nuclear club has remained pretty stable, and I, you know, put my partisan hat on, and I think the only new nuclear powers uh, entered, um, let's see, India, I think maybe when maybe when Reagan was in office, North Korea became nuclear when George W. Bush was in office. Um, I don't think we've added any under Democratic administrations, but it's been a fairly stable club, um, and. This president is putting a lot of um, emphasis on non-proliferation. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we may have to live with some more en- entrants, but we've lived with the ones that are there so far. And, um, and you know, that it's basically been a, a more of a deterrent than a um, an offensive weapon. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I uh, I think that uh, it's there's not going to be suddenly everybody's got nuclear weapons, but on the other hand, we've beaten down the North Korean economy so badly, uh, and they're in such desperate straits. Uh, right. You could really their see a situation. It's their yeah. only export, unfortunately. Yeah, it's the only it's all they got. And I consider yeah. these demonstrations they're doing as the same as going to a trade show and showing your new, latest product. Right, exactly. And so I think we've it's yeah. sort of these embargoes and this beating on their economy has really backfired in an odd sort of way. Yeah. Well, the theory is if you squeeze them hard enough, they come to the table and talk. And what is the P5 plus one or whatever those talks are? <laughs> um, and uh, but I, you're right. It, you know, it's not it's not working with Iran yet. Uh, this I think this administration still thinks that you know if you squeeze hard enough, they'll cry uncle. Hadn't happened yet. It didn't work with North Korea. I'm not sure it's going to work no. this time around either. And I'm not sure you don't make a desperate nation that does desperate things. But right. that remains to be seen. So let me ask you before we run out of time, you know, in addition to being the first black president, uh, when you look at the Obama campaign, the administration, the two terms, what do you feel his most important legacy is likely to be? Oh, I think uh, the health care uh, reform Universal health care president since 
Teddy Roosevelt have tried to get that. Richard Nixon tried to get it. Certainly the Clintons did. And he pulled it off. It is not perfect, and it's not even in place yet. But um, I think that's huge in, in, this, in this country. And I think he's also tried to rebalance the economy in the sense with the um, Dodd-Frank, with putting some restraints on, on Wall Street. And most of his policies really are uh, an attempt to sort of bring back more wealth to the middle class. And, you know, they don't like the word redistribution, but if anybody's done any redistribution, it's basically Republican policies with Democratic help uh, that have shifted more wealth to people at the very top, while workers in this country, wages, you know, have not held their own. And uh, we're entering into a new era where, you know, people aren't going to have pensions the way they once did. And there's just extreme insecurity in the in the economy. So I can't say that he's going to have a great legacy on that. But the other part of his legacy is he 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 did forestall uh, a second Great Depression, and I think history will look at that kindly. No, no question uh, that. But you know how people are about things that are preemptive or preventative. You can never prove completely that you prevented a disaster from coming, and that's just a tougher argument always than reacting to something that's already happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think he also um, he engaged um, young people in the political process and um, kind of revived. Um, we used to think of as Camelot back in the Kennedy years. I mean, it's 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 a rare political figure that can create the kind of excitement that that Obama did the first time around. And then his critics were convinced he couldn't replicate it, but he did. He he pulled it off uh, a sec a second time. And I think he's seen around the world um, as an inspirational figure. And his visit to Israel this week, a relationship that was really quite rocky. Uh, he and uh, Netanyahu really seemed to bond, and uh, more importantly, though, he spoke to all those young people in the International Convention Center, all those young Israelis, and they cheered when he said the Palestinians deserve their own state, and uh, he challenged uh, sort of the populations in the, both the Palestinians and the Israelis, telling the Israelis to put themselves in the shoes of Palestinians and try to look at it from there perspective and then urging the Palestinians to come to the peace table without preconditions, you know, because the Israelis are not going to stop building settlements. So they might as well come to the peace table and, and hope they can, you know, resolve that at the peace table as opposed to making it a precondition. Well, he certainly did uh, get a very positive reception. And despite uh, all the innuendos that were made about Netanyahu and Obama's relationship during the election, which, as you know, were just uh, incredible. Right. Uh, well, you know, they, they just, it just wasn't, it wasn't true and it wasn't real, and that was part of the problem, but we can right. see it now. You know? Right. Um, now, before we run out of time, I want to uh, ask you again to give the listeners uh, your website so that they can keep in touch with you. Okay, it's eleanorcliff.com. Mm-hmm. And you're also on the Daily Beast and Newsweek. Yes, I, I, uh, Newsweek merged with the Daily Beast, mm-hmm. and so Newsweek is no longer available in a print edition, uh, but it is online, and then uh, the Daily Beast is a separate website. And um, I, have a, um, I have two pieces up this week uh, on the website, one about Kathy Russell, who's the, the, the new 
ambassador at large for global women's issues at the State Department, uh, which is a a new post that Hillary Clinton created four years ago, and it really does try to integrate the um, the challenges that women and girls face around the world into U.S. foreign policy. And then well, I have also, that also unfortunately, uh, they're going to have to go to the site to hear what the other article is because that is our program okay. for today. We got a hard stop, but before we say goodbye, let me thank you for always calling it exactly how you see it. Thank you for being with us, Miss Cliff. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. If your station is leaving us after the first hour, next week we're going to take a breather from politics to check in on what's happening to our country's aging boomer population. Gail Sheehy will be with us. So don't miss an honest discussion about what lies ahead for all of us next week right here on your favorite weekly news magazine. Now stay tuned for the second hour of the Costa Report. If you listen to talk shows in the news today, you might come away with the impression that the root of all our problems are politics or economics. The right blames the left, the left blames the right, and everyone blames the Chinese. But take a hard look at where the blame game has gotten us. That's why I'm asking you to pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. It's available in paperback and as an ebook too. And if you don't have time to read, there's an audio version so you can listen in your car or even on the beach. The book explains why complexity produces gridlock and what we have to do to start moving forward again. So pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle at a bookstore near you or online retailer. Do it today. Me, a cat, moving in with a single guy. At first, I thought it might be a little weird, but turns out it's actually pretty amusing. For instance, like my human's gotten so used to me being around, sometimes I think he forgets I'm here. He'll get up for work, shower, shave, and come out with no pants. Plops right down in front of the TV. Hello, there's a lady in the room. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Hi, Jacoby here, host of Raising the Standards, right here on KFCO Saturdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Tune in and join me, Rachel, my co-host, our buddy Rick, and some of the most interesting folks in the world as we chat and play the best music on the planet. And remember, if at some point during the program you're not offended, well, you're just not listening. Raising the Standards, Saturdays here on KSEO, 3 to 5. Your source for news, sports, traffic, and weather. AM 1080, KSCO, Santa Cruz, San Jose, Salinas, and Monterey. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.